Recording live from the Northeast Georgia Business Radio X studio, this is Northeast Georgia Business Radio. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to Northeast Georgia Business Radio. I'm your host, Tom Sheldon. And yes, we're coming to you live from the beautiful Empower College and Career Center of Jackson County. Have with me three guests today. I'm blessed with, I'm always blessed with an amazing guest. This is going to be a little different. Looking forward to it. This is, but it's a, a little out of the norm for us. My three guests today work within, I'm going to say, the Georgia DFAC system. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm getting shaking heads, so we're doing good. With me today, Miss Elizabeth Hendricks and Gina Mango with Region 5 Georgia DFACs. That's correct. Hello, ladies. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And also with us, not to be left out, Megan Ward from The Five Hive. Hello, Megan. Hello. The Five Hive. And you work with Region 5 DFACs. Every single day. And you also are a foster parent. Yes. Okay. Now, all three mics are open, so ladies talk whenever you wish. Talk over me. I don't, I don't care. So who wants to be my first? Uh, who wants to go first? I can oh, go ahead and start us. Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about, we hear defects all the time. Defects, defects, defects. What in the world really is it? So we're the Department of Family and Children's Services. Okay. Our jobs are to protect and serve the children of DFACs, but also the families. So we're constantly just working with families, the children throughout the DFAC system, but also just children and families within Georgia. Now, you are the supervisor for Region 5. I am the crew assessment supervisor, so we cover any homes that are trying to be approved throughout Region 5 to become a foster parent. You oversee that. And now, Gina, you basically work under Elizabeth. Yes. So You, You are recruitment and assessment. Yes, newer to the recruitment side, but yes, crew. So crew stands for caregiver recruitment and retention unit. And it's got two R's. It's like really yeah. special C R R U. It jumps out of the page. Gina, that's what you do. Real quick, what does a day in the life look like for you? You're actually interviewing families. Families who are interested in becoming foster parents or adoptive parents come through to our unit, and I basically. I get them to fill out a whole bunch of paperwork nice. and I I get to do the home study process. So we really look into that sounds a lot like of, a whole nother podcast. The home study <laughs> yes. something. We something. could do a series. <laughs> oh, hey, I like ser- who doesn't like series? <laughs> Elizabeth, I gotta ask, is there a need? I know that's a going to be a silly question. Is there a need for more foster families? Absolutely. For parents, I guess? Yes. So we don't have enough homes in the area. We cover, Region 5 is consisted of 12 counties, Jackson County being one of those. Only only 12 counties. Only. And about 1,000 children consist in those 12 counties. And um, just some information about Jackson, there's about 100 kids in foster care and only 25 foster homes. Oh, wow. So the need is great. So a family may have multiple children. Correct. And that's only if they're willing to take multiple children. A lot of our foster parents are really only wanting to take one or two, but then we've got sibling groups that will come into foster care and have four or five children. So we're splitting sibling groups up to manage and to keep them as close to home as possible. I imagine you try hard not to split them up. Sometimes you just simply have to. Yes. Our main goal and objective is to keep sibling groups together. Gotcha. What was that again? A, a thousand kids? A thousand kids. Across within, the 12 counties. Yes. And then 11,000 kids in Georgia that are in foster care. 
And what are some of the misconceptions? So a lot of it has to do with the funding. So a lot of people think that DFAX has a lot of funds and that we are funding based. And you don't get a blank check every month? (laughs) No, we sure don't. So we are having to really advocate for recruiting without the needs for funding behind it. So really covering the basis of getting information out to people, businesses, churches about the need for foster parents without having all the extra funds to be able to do recruiting. Gina, when a family, and if I'm directing the question to the wrong person, don't slap me up. (laughs) I'm just a little radio guy. Seriously, when a family wants to become a foster family, they come to you. That's when they're turned over to you. Yes, once they... I'm trying to figure all this out as we go. Yes, so typically they would contact like a centralized line. um, They go to our techs first, get some paperwork to them, and then... It's assigned to me. Okay. And then, and then off you go and you do all your job. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> now, ladies, what are some events? How do we get the word out? Do you show up at a Rotarian group or talk to me? How do you get the word out? Because honestly, I think one of the biggest mistakes business owners and even civic organizations make is we assume everyone knows what we're doing. But people don't. Right. So how do you get the word out? So our main objective is to get the word out. So right. this is a great if, opportunity. If you don't. Forget yes. about it. Um, a big one is our faith-based communities, but also our business owners. So okay. if you have any people that we're able to reach, we would love the opportunity to come out and speak. Q&As are a great opportunity for us to kind of, you guys pick the questions and we are able to answer anything that you have. Also just events, any festivals, anything that's going on in your community that you think, well, maybe this would be a great time. You're going to need, you're going to see a lot of families and we just want to fill your caravan with kids. So if you've got, if you've got the caravan, we're ready to talk to you. You want to go to a business, you want to sit down Four people, 400 people. The more the merrier, but four could be a great intimate conversation. I tell you, well, hey, listen, if you sit down in front of four people or stand up in front of four people and, and two decide to do it, it beats the thousand you get one out of, right? Exactly. You know, quality over quantity sometimes. Yes. I take it a business would need perhaps a, a location within for you to actually present. Yes and no. We obviously have all the DFAX offices that we have available to meet in, have a conference room available. So you have locations as well. We've got 12 throughout Region 5 that we have access to. Oh, wow. Okay. One in every county, more or less. Yep. There's a DFAX office in every county that the community and partners are so you, you basically access. host a, a presentation, more or less. We could, yes. Or we can come out to your festival that you're offering, and we can put up a booth or a table and have a sign-up sheet if anybody's interested in more information. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, we definitely are in part of the country that loves fall festivals, yes. <laughs> spring festivals. I feel like having a festival, festival. Yes. Yes, this is festival world out here. All right, Gina, back to you. I'm going back and forth. I'm doing pretty good here. I'm getting an idea of what in the heck's going on. I'm saving Megan for last. Okay. The best for last. Well, I wasn't going to say that because you're she all is. within you're all within reach of me, and I I value my skin. All right, Gina. Family comes to you. We want to be a foster family. Walk me through it. And I know I'm sure that this could take three hours. Walk me through what do they have to expect? Because hey, there's got to be a little apprehension. We'd love to do it, but we're scared. Yeah, you know, we're getting into something we've never done. We do try to 
prepare people for what to expect too, because it is very, it can be invasive. Um, we I look imagine. into literally everything in your life. We want to know who we're placing kids or whose homes we're placing kids Extensive in. Extensive background. Yes. So the first bit is getting through the paperwork. Okay. There's like 90 pages. Was yeah, it? around that. Wow. We do criminal background checks, child abuse history checks, um, driver's license checks, all those initial screens. Um, and then once we get all your paperwork, uh, we look into your income as well. We are um, reimbursement based, so we want to make sure that families can manage the children we're placing in their home if there's an emergency or they don't come with clothing, they don't right. come with things they need. Um, so we look into financials. Then the home study process, um, there's usually a home assessor that will come. We contract out for that. And, um, now, what, what are they, they going to be looking for? Is interviews. They interview. Um, I mean, they look into things. Family members. They ask a lot of questions about your relationship status in between the home um, just to ensure that you and the person that you're going to do this with is in a healthy situation relationship just because we are removing kids from domestic violence and right. relationships that are not as healthy so we want to ensure that we're placing kids in a healthy home oh absolutely you mentioned something about the kids show up with no clothes sometimes when we remove kids uh, the parents don't want to you know share their items that they've bought or purchased so really? kids so sometimes wow. the kids can just come empty-handed. So we want to ensure that we are providing them everything that they need upon placing them. I got you. Now, you work with the foster family to do this? Yep. Mm -hmm. I imagine if you're sold in to be a foster parent, you can't wait to be able to provide anything, clothing, whatever it may be. That is definitely our hope. I, I, why would you be doing it if, if you're not? There's lots that, of... That's an open-up... <laughs> Oh, answer exactly. the question, please. I was going to say I didn't want to hang you on that. <laughs> please, lots, no, no, answer the question, please. There's lots of reasons. Unfortunately, the funding is sometimes the motive, um, and that is why we dig into the finances to ensure that the motive isn't the negative or the wrong motive. Now, families, foster families are reimbursed for, for expenses. Is mm -hmm. there a set number they're going to receive? So you mentioned wrong reasons to do something. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you do get reimbursed for clothing and allowances for that. And that's all state funded and budgeted. And then as most know, or sometimes they don't know, there is a per diem per child. So we are, because you're opening up your home and you're opening up your household, we as the state do give you a per diem per child. Okay. I just getting back to the wrong reason. I, I hope no one is having children in their home to make money. I hope not either. And that's something that, makes that me we sick to the thought of it. Dig in. That's why I wanted to dance around that a little bit. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, we're, we, Hey, we get it out. We shoot straight here or we're not going to do it at all. All right. So they've gone through the paperwork. They've had the, you've looked into everything, what they had for lunch last week. <laughs> Actually, it sounds like a job I would enjoy, but anyway. Walk around talking to family members, neighbors. We look in their home, too. We look in every room of Physically. their home. Yes, the physical part. We we know if they have weapons, We they are required. Uh, are weapons a no-no? There's just safety policy in place for I that. I got you. The nightstand is probably not the best place. Everything has to be locked. <laughs> locked, okay. Okay, well, no, that's, hey, that's something people need to know. No, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm with you on that. Do you find families that have children of their own or several, do you find more of them being 
foster families or is it, is it the couple that have no children? Maybe they can't. I don't know. Definitely both. It's a mix of all. Yes. Even single caregivers. We've got lots of people that are willing and able to just be single caregivers, and we accept those too. Just they haven't parented children. Well, we offer parenting classes and impact classes that cover how to be a foster parent. Oh, wow. So we are open arms to anybody and everybody that can go through the process. Well, let's dive into that. You brought, hey, you brought up good information. What does someone have to look forward to with that? Some parenting training. That's it, right? Yep. So we've got an impact class that's offered. It's 24 hours total for the entire, it usually goes over six-week process. And it goes into the trauma of the children, um, things that you're going to look into is relationship. Our big opportunity in becoming a foster parent, and Megan can kind of speak to this, is really partnering with mom and dad, making sure that you are being an example of a good, healthy parent for them and the opportunity to get with them and partner together to return those children home, because that is our number one priority is to return the children back to their parents. I don't want to go down rabbit holes, and this may be getting off topic a little bit. What do you see the cause for these children being removed from their houses, their homes? I would say the number with? one is going to be substance use. Really? Yes, unfortunately. Drug use. Mm-hmm. Drug use, and that leads to neglect. Yes. Now, being a foster parent, you're say you're in this, you're in this a few years. Eventually, that child is going to leave your care. Reunitement, is that the goal? Reunification is Re- always the goal. I'm sorry, I, don't, I yep. never say the right it's word. okay. You know, my mind only works so far, but right? <laughs> yes, so reunification is the number one goal. Well, that's what we're always That is the goal, for. or at least at the beginning. We give every opportunity possible to reunify biological children with their biological parents. Now, when a child goes into defects, have they, has the parent, the biological parent, quote-unquote, lost them? They, that's a catchphrase. They currently don't have um, legal standing. So there's a legal okay. operation in order. There's a court order. Right, a court order, right. Yeah. So that's kind of where we start is... That's where defects kicks in, basically. Yes. is Kicks in, bad, bad. <laughs> I yeah. guess it, to explain it is that the judge has to give us an order saying that of the course. children are being removed. Otherwise, so it would be kidnapping. Correct. So right, it's not just us coming in and knocking on your door and removing your children. Right. There's a court system behind us that supports the decision. And I got to imagine when it gets to that point, it did not happen overnight. Some things do happen really? overnight. That quick. Yeah. Some things are just There's, situational. They're, oh, okay. Yeah. And then some things, it is habitual or history. Yes. Gotcha. I was thinking that you've been warned a few times. Now the courts are stepping in. Sometimes. Sometimes. Case by case. Okay. Situational. No cookie sure. cutter. None. I'm Not with defects. Well, again, it's welfare of the child. Yes. Or children. Well, a lot of good information, folks. I've got Megan over there. She's a, she's, she actually gave me a thumbs up a second ago. So I said something right. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Megan, you still there? I'm here. You're awesome. The Five Hive. Talk to me about the Five Hive. You support Region 5 families that are foster parents. Yes. So the Five Hive started about almost two years ago in partnership with DFACS. I've been fostering since November of 2017. Me and another foster family realized that there was a lot of opportunity to support DFACS and what they were doing Mm -hmm. because DFACS is perpetually underfunded and overworked. We noticed that a lot of the challenges that our families were facing were not unique to 
our county. It wasn't unique to the child placed in my home. It was just that of it, that of a normal experience of a foster parent. And if I'm going through it, then another foster parent two right. counties over is going through it on and on and on. So we thought, okay, how can we address, how can we support defects? How can we address these challenges on a bigger level? How can we maintain more foster families? How can we recruit more foster families? And the Five Hive came out of that. And so we are the foster parent support network for region five, 12 counties, 276 families, roughly a thousand children. Now let's get it out in the open. You are not funded by defects or the state of Georgia. Um, I am a nonprofit with zero dollars. So, I gotcha. I'm real bad at fundraising is what you just learned. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. okay. Well, we need to work on that. Yeah, you know, one day. How many do you have in the hive, shall we say, your support group? So right now we're it's just— It's more than just you, I hope. Oh, yeah, leadership-wise? All the above. Um, there's about mm, 20 right now foster parents who are leading the hive. Okay. We have foster families in each county doing work on the local level. Those are our foster parent association presidents. And then we have a group of specialists who help with special projects. And they all donate their time, more or less. Yes. Because like you said, you, you have no money. Yes. And they're all also <laughs> foster parents. So we're raising they're, children. They speak from experience. Mm -hmm. We're working full-time jobs. And then we've come together to figure out how do we strengthen Region 5. Which region 5 is already the strongest in the in the state. I, I have like to no, point I have that no out. Doubt. I have no doubt. But how can we build something that can be replicated elsewhere? Um, I got you. That's our goal. A working model. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. It's working nice. so far. What do you see a first time a young, and I don't mean age-wise, but a, a young foster family? We just started. What are some of the pitfalls, the downfalls, the hurdles they have to jump over right away? What, what are some of the reoccurring things that you see often? I threw you under the bus there. No, it's okay. Uh, for our new families? A challenge, maybe. Yeah. So I think that operating within the defect structure is not intuitive. And so regardless of how much training you get, once there's a child standing on your front porch, things change. Everything is just, uh, feels upside down. Passing that driver's test. Uh -huh. and as soon as you pass it, you forget everything that, that mm -hmm. book said. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. Um, all of a sudden you have to put all those things into motion that you, that you learned, but also you're doing it in a way that isn't, um, traditional parenting. All of a sudden, people are talking to you about, you need to file WIC for this baby to get your formula, and you need to come to court, but we're going to have a family team meeting before court, and the RD is going to come see you before that family team meeting, and then the case manager is going to come see you afterwards, and then somebody from placement is going to call you about another kid, and you're like, what are all these things? I need a flowchart. Yes, and so that's wow. the biggest thing is for new foster parents, it's you learn it, but navigating it is a whole different ball game and Sounds so like we have a whole set of mentors where when somebody from defects calls you and you don't want to tell them that you have no idea what they're saying you can hang up the phone and call our mentor and be like they just said i have to go to a family team meeting and i don't actually know what that is can you tell me what that is and what i need to do and so helping them navigate the system is the biggest thing we can do for new foster parents i got you yeah they're jumping in with both feet Mm -hmm. And off we go. And sometimes there's a kid being dropped off at 2 a.m. with no clothes, and they might not have had a bath in four days, and they're screaming. And what do you do at that moment? Wow. That's a good question. What do you do? Mm, survive. Give them a bath. Yep. <laughs> Start with that. Yep. Yep. Uh, you yourself are a foster parent. Yes. How many children have you had in your care? If I if I can, if don't answer that if you can. No, I can. It's just I get a lot of weird looks when I tell when I say this. Are you ready? I'm 
I, I hear a lot of weird stuff. Okay. I've had 89 children so far. Over how many years? Six. Six, Six years. years. Mm-hmm. See, that's a, that's a lot of children. A lot of children. How many at one time? The most? Six. Six at one time. And she always answers my 2 a.m. calls. Really? <laughs> I was just going to say, Megan, emergency. See, now, if you kids. would slack up just a, once, or, once in a while, you know, how many times do you call her at 2 a.m.? Every time I'm on call? Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Let a couple of those slip by. They'll call someone else. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Sometimes I just her. don't have a bed. <laughs> so... <laughs> 89 children in six years. You're mm-hmm. doing yeoman's work, I must say. I've had everything from newborn out of the hospital to about to be 21 exiting the system. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. She's a gem. Mm-hmm. And then some. <laughs> wow. You, you are. I got to ask. This is rude. What do you do for a living? I am a professor at the University of Georgia. Are you? Go mm-hmm. dogs. Yeah. Yeah. And she is wearing red, folks. <laughs> First dogs. game this weekend. Yes. Yeah. They're playing, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. You know, they were supposed to play, what, Oklahoma, and then schedules, and anyway, politics took over. Sorry, off the soapbox. So you are a professor? Mm-hmm. Child psychology? No, technology. No? Are you really? I actually have my own podcast studio in my suite. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, nice. Well, yeah. I, get, I get to come on your show next. Come on, anytime. Nice. We'll talk about the, the downfalls of being a podcast host. Uh, it's a pretty normal day for um, somebody to come in my office, and I'm about to go teaching a class and also rocking a newborn and on the phone with defects. Wow. That's very impressive. You've got me to the point I don't even know what to say at this point. 89 children. i got to imagine, though, and Gina, maybe you can answer this. Maybe all three of you can answer this. A child will show up at your house at 2 a.m., right? child may not stay that long, and then they find an, another placement perhaps. Yes. Something along yeah. that nature. If, if it's just an emergency placement, it'll be, if, like if it's a weekend, we'll ask for the weekend. Or, I got you. Yeah. I got it. That's why the number is so high, I would yes. imagine. Yes. So my there's three kinds of placement that we generally provide. There's long-term placement, which is you've agreed to see that child till permanency, whether that permanency be reunification or adoption. Okay. There's respite placement, which is when another foster family might be going out of town and you agree to take care of their children for that short term. Gotcha. Um, because one of the things that DFACS is really good about is understanding that foster families need a break sometimes. Really? Okay. And so they have a system set up where we can care for each other's children. I'm going to the lake this weekend. I'm not taking my children. They're going to respite and then I'll come back recharged. I gotcha. Uh, and then there's emergency placement, which is just agreeing to that 2 a.m. call with the understanding that they need to find long-term placement and that I'm only filling the gap until long-term placement is found. I got you. I guess for all three of you, when a child is placed, they have no contact with where they came from and vice versa. Typically, we don't encourage it. Um, it really well, you took them out for a reason. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so it depends It depends case by case. Um, like we explained, it's not really a cookie cutter. Sometimes right. the judge is like, yeah, they need to see their parents three times a week. Oh, wow. Sometimes they need to see them once a month. It really just depends. Our babies, they do. We want to ensure bonding is happening. So typically it's two times a week. And then okay. our teens, depending on the teen and the behaviors, they can sometimes have phone calls, FaceTimes, things like that. Gotcha. I, gotcha. I imagine if a parent is incarcerated, there will not be a lot of interaction. Yeah, typically it's pretty minimal. But on the flip side, a parent who's working their case plan, because that's what happens when a child gets taken is the parent gets a case plan in order to work towards reunification. Okay. And if a parent is working their case plan, then they a lot of times will 
have supervised visits and then they'll be able to graduate to unsupervised visits and then they'll be able to graduate to overnight visits and that's how the kids streamline back into the home full time. Gotcha. Do you ever run across a child not wanting to go back? Yeah, we do see that sometimes. I mean, hey, if someone's being good to me. Now, can a foster parent adopt? Yes. So we have three different categories. We have partnership parenting, which you are partnering with mom and dad, trying to help mom and dad as much as possible. biological. Yes. Sorry. No, no, you're good. good. So partnership parenting, sometimes those kids are in your home for 24 hours. Sometimes they're in your home for two years. But at the, the end goal is really partnering with biological parents to ensure that they can get their kids home. Then we've got resource parenting, which is we're working two plans at the same time. So we're working a concurrent case plan, which is going to sound like a different language to you. A concurrent case plan Pretty much, yeah. is when we are working a reunification plan. Mom and dad are working their case plan to get the kids back, but also an adoption case plan at the same time. So we're working two plans with one of them going to be the outcome. A backup plan, more or less. The adoption would be the backup? Yes. I got you. So our See, goal... I understood that. Yeah. yeah. So... We're trying to put it in simple terms. You did well. Thank you. You did well. So our goal is to work those two case plans together. And then resource parents are also similar in the situation of they could be two weeks or they could be two years. But they do have an interest in the long term of an adoption. If an adoption is the first on you know, the schedule and that's what they are trying to meet first, then that's going to be the first objective. Then we have just adoption parents. So adoption parents are saying, yes, I want to work, you know, with families that are leading towards an adoption. I want to work with children that are heading towards an adoption. And then we know that there's not a backdoor of like, yeah, I'll work with mom and dad, but I really ultimately just want to be an adoptive placement. So the three categories just give us some insight on foster parents, on what they really want to see in their family goals. If you're in the foster system, you've been approved, you, you've, you've had children, you've taken care of foster children, does it make it perhaps a little bit easier? I'm told that adopting is very hard. It's a hard process. I know nothing about it. But if you're in the foster system already, does it make it a little easier? That may be out of your scope a little bit. I was going to say, Megan might be able to kind of wing that with an adoption. Um, I've never adopted of my 89 children. I'm a, like uh, when Elizabeth was explaining the types, I'm a partnership home. And so the I make very clear to defects that all the children coming into my home, there needs to be a bio parent on the opposite side that I can partner with, that okay. I can okay. ideally send them home to. But for our families who are interested in adoption, we like to clarify that like defects and foster care is not free adoption. We don't. I say we. I'm speaking for you can say myself. We. Um, We're all in the room here. You know, I I always think it's really important for foster families to remember that reunification will always be the primary goal. It's right. this is not your path to a free and easy child. It's not your path to a free adoption. However, at the same time, we have to have adoptive families because there are, are children who are not going to go home. If you are already a foster parent, then the paperwork is done, the background checks are done, but you just have to understand that this is going to be a long game because the court is going to do, and DFACS is going to do everything they can first to get that child home. Or and to so, a relative. Or to a relative, correct. And so if, if you are interested in pursuing adoption via foster care, that's fantastic. It's going to be, you know, you're going to have to understand that that will take 
a couple of years. Okay. Not a couple months, yeah. but a couple of years gotcha. because this is not a private adoption where a kid is picked for you, you sign the paperwork, you pay the money, you're done. You are part of the bigger picture. Well, the well-being, well-being of the child. Yes, Hopefully. right. And if the well-being of that child is going home... That's the well-being of the child. Then that's the well-being of the child, right. But there always have to be adoptive families... Right. Because there does these chi- these children eventually have to have permanency. Exactly. We do encourage families who are who are in it for adoption. We encourage them to seek out private agencies too, because only one percent of our work is adoptions. Actually, gotcha. Just adoptions. I'm with you, ladies. We've been going for thirty minutes. It's been fun. Megan, how many children are you taking care of currently? Did we mention that? No, I uh, right though in this moment because my phone can ring any moment. Um, this moment I sent. Three, three minutes ago. Yeah. Right. So I sent two home this morning. I uh, had respite. Two went home this morning. Um, I have an infant who is adorable, who's been with me since birth. And then I have a teenager who is partially with me. Um, some of our teenagers need some advanced therapy help because they have come from a lot more difficult situations sure. and they're more aware of it. So she's in a residential center right now, but she'll come home eventually. So I like to say that I have one and a half um, right now, but that I could have... Six by the time I go to bed. Wow. I think the, the kids today say one-ish, but you know, I'm old. I don't know. One, yeah, one-ish. I, I, have, I have no idea. What do we miss, ladies? Well, I just, I like I said, I contacted you because we are really trying to recruit. We need more foster homes. That's right. Homes. That's right. We, we need to get that home. Yes. So I just, if anybody is interested in fostering, I can provide a number that Please they do. can call. And it's 877-423-4746. Awesome. And who's going to be on the other end of that? That's going to be their, our state office, Georgia One number. Okay. So they will get you started with an information session and get you through the process. And then once it gets funneled down to us, um, we will be working your case if you're in this area. Gotcha. Folks, again, that's 877-423-4746. There's a website. We do have a website. Online um, presence. Yes. Yeah, so if you look on or just Google uh Georgia foster parents, Georgia defects, you will find a fostering tab that can, it's for prospective caregivers and you can go there. Gotcha. Megan, how do we raise some funds for the hive, hmm. the five hive? I don't know. Before we dive into that, I do want to say, can I throw something oh, else out? Oh, absolutely you can. That it's really important that if you decide that you might be interested in fostering to know that you're not getting into this alone by any means. Um, there's a lot of support in our region for our foster parents. We have the five hive, which is for all 12 counties. We have um, a foster parent association in every county that provides you local connections to other families. And then we also have a ton of nonprofits in our area who are doing really good work. We've got Chosen for Life, um, Fostering, Hope, Lydia's Place. They're all helping foster parents to fill the gaps, whether that be you got a new placement and you need a meal because you're overwhelmed, you need clothes, you need a car seat, you need a crib. There's a lot of support, and so I think a lot of families – once they kind of start this process, they might get scared because it's like, this is a lot and I, I can't do this by myself. But it's right. really important to know you're not doing this by yourself at all. And so know there's a lot of support. But on the flip side, if you're not interested in fostering or you're not able to foster, it's important to know that there's just as much as you can do to support the families donating to foster organizations. If you've got a bag of baby toys don't take them to goodwill sorry goodwill um but take them to a local foster care closet so those kids can make it into a foster or those toys can make it into a foster home there's lots of work that we can all do to either support foster families or be a foster family 
I'm with you. You're on Facebook. Yes, I'm primarily on Facebook right now. That's we have right. found that's a sweet spot for our families. We've got to talk to them that's all day, every day. But we are the Five Hive on Facebook. Nice. And now the folks can email you. Yes. Region Five Hive, Region Five, the number five, Hive at gmail.com. I get that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. If you're interested in being a foster parent, we can talk to you. If you're interested in partnering, we can talk to you. If you have a crazy idea for recruitment, I'll, we'll you. do it. I can bring a whole army of foster parents to a recruitment event. Nice. That'd be cool. Did we say what 12 counties we cover? Did we say that? Well, you said Jackson. (laughs) Okay. Jackson, very important. (laughs) Banks County? No. We are not in Banks. No, really. The line is there. Jackson is our, yes, our furthest up. And then we go all the way down to Green and Morgan and Rockdale and Newton. You go that way. Yes. Rockdale and Newton. And then all the way up to Madison, Madison, Oglethorpe, Oglethorpe, Albert, Clark, Oconee. Clark Oconee is kind of like the best way to think of it is the middle is Clark Oconee and then it's everything around it. I got you. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Very cool. Well, ladies, if if that's it, they're going to play my music here in just a second. And there's the music. Folks, that's a lot of great information. And... Wow, the wheels are turning in my head. Folks, uh, give the ladies a call, 877-423-4746, and check uh, The Five Hive out on Facebook, The Five Hive. I'm Tom Sheldon. We'll talk to you soon.